This paid podcast is produced by Slate Studios and Century 21 Real Estate. All uses of trademarks or brands are not meant to convey sponsorship or affiliation of this podcast. From Slate Studios and Century 21 Real Estate, this is The Relentless, a podcast about looking at sales differently. What if? What if I thought outside the box? What if it was more of a celebration with our clients than work? In every episode, we're pulling back the curtain with thought leaders across industries and talking about how they embrace change, overcome hurdles, and stay relentless. I'm Dr. Julie Gerner. I've spent over a decade studying the behaviors of the ultra-successful and have used those insights to empower business leaders in finance, technology, and real estate. Today, we're starting the conversation in the world of online dating. Dating apps might seem like a surprising place to begin, but think about it. Whether you're an entrepreneur or a salesperson, it's essential to connect with the right clients, engage them, and then maintain those relationships. When it comes to the digital space, there's a craft in how we present and promote ourselves. Increasingly, it's a place we make our first impressions, professionally and romantically. Three out of five marriages today come from a dating app. And that's marriages. A lot of people aren't, you know, they don't want to get married, but they found their other half or their special person through a dating app. We don't even know how big that number is. That's Melissa Hobley. She's the chief marketing officer of OkCupid, one of the biggest dating apps in the world. We are responsible for dates and weddings all over the globe. The brand has been around about 15 years. So we also are one of the only players in the dating app space that has stood the test of time because it really works. A few years ago, a friend told her that the CEO of OkCupid had an opportunity. They need a new CMO. It's the first ever. They've never really had a marketing function. And would you be interested? And frankly, working for a dating app is the most fun job in the world. I, just to put that out there, I was, I was all in. She built a marketing team from scratch and launched a playful ad campaign that boosted brand buzz by 50%. So where do you hear a lot of marketing? Cut through, cut through, cut through. How do you cut through? And and. That is rarely done without taking a risk and being a little bold. Melissa accomplished something remarkable. She leveraged the value of her company's brand in a fresh, unique way that put it right back in the conversation. And not only were people talking about OkCupid, they were suddenly using it too. You know you've stood out when your promotion drives new business and increases sales. And that's exactly what Melissa did. So I had to ask her, how'd you do it? I knew that we had to do something bold and provocative to get people to look at us. Remember Old Spice? Remember how, like, it was so uncool? And then a few years ago, they did this hilarious, crazy campaign. Yes. And now, many of you out there buy not just Old Spice, which you were not buying, but now you get the shave gel, the body wash, the hair gel, the moisturizing cream. Like, they've sold you now all these products that you never thought you'd do. Had Old Spice done something small, taken a little step, um, maybe they'd do a commercial, but it was like, hey, we have a new scent or we have a new logo or like, we're still here. You would have been like, all right, I'm bored. Like, you didn't get my attention at all. With OkCupid, we did something very bold, which made people look at us in a new way. 
And so when you're, maybe you've had a house that you have not gotten anyone to be excited about for months and months. Maybe you work at a tech company and it's been hard to get people to engage. You you can't keep doing the same thing. You have to do something that stops people in their tracks. For OkCupid, within four weeks of launching a campaign that was very bold, we had a double-digit percentage increase in downloads. Wow. We had brought in 10,000 new followers to our Instagram. We had, I think, another 5,000 new followers to our Twitter. And by the way, guys, I didn't have a lot. I don't have Coke or Nike money. Like, I expect those brands and even Old Spice, they spent, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars relaunching that brand. And that was a good investment for them. So, um, So for us... Being bold made people say, oh, okay, Cupid, yeah, you've kind of been around a while, but I like what you're doing here. You got, you have my attention. It's a fantastic strategy. When I look at the value of the digital space with real estate sales, I think about engagement, that no matter who you are, no matter what kind of budget you have, you can go into the digital space and begin a conversation with people that ultimately, if they decide to buy or they don't decide to buy, You are the obvious expert. You are the expert they refer to their friends. You establish, you know, that that you can provide this experience. You run a lot of digital campaigns. What's something that's really surprised you? Oh, great question, Julie. I'll tell you one thing that surprises me is humor sells. It sells in business. It sells in a dating app profile at a level at which I was totally surprised by. And a really quick example of that is I met a dater recently who was showing me her profile. And on her profile, she said, everyone comments and responds to me about this thing that I said. And what she said is, if you constantly review restaurants online, please do not match with me. And, <laughs> and I thought that was really funny because there probably is a type of person that takes the time to like beat up a restaurant every time they go there. And actually, a guy responded to her and said, I mean, is it even a dinner if you don't ask to speak to the manager? And she thought that was so funny. And the point, you know, part of the point is the first part of like her profile and why people respond to that. And secondly, because it was funny, secondly, she said, I wouldn't have even looked twice at this guy, to be honest. But he, as he wrote me something really funny, I thought, you know what? We'd have a really good time over some beers. And they were going out later that week. So humor works in almost every industry. And it certainly works in dating apps. What is one tip? What would you say, like, for their profile to stand out online, since you carry this expertise probably better than almost anyone, uh, what is kind of the one tip you would give someone across platforms, whether it's, you know, dating, maybe one tip, and then maybe professionally one tip from the things that you know from dating apps? I, I'm going to give two, Julie. I know, okay. you, I know you said one. I'm going to give right. two, um, but they'll be quick. The first is to make sure it reflects who you are. And and that is like so easy to say. So what I mean by that, here's how you know if it does that. Show show your profile or your LinkedIn or your resume to someone that you don't know and say, I want you to look at this quickly and tell me, you know, give me the 10-second summary of what you think it is. And if they cannot tell you after looking at that dating profile or looking at that Facebook, okay, you care about your family, you have a sense of humor, you love traveling, like you could not date someone that did not have a passport. Whatever those things are, if they can't give you that quickly, you have not done a you have not done the right job of saying who you are. And the second thing is be yourself, set that story, and then keep updating it. Um, most people don't know this, but three out of four dating app profiles are set and then never updated again. Which is crazy because they'll say, I can't wait for the finale of Breaking Bad. And you're like, God, how long have you been on this dating app? Like, when did you update this? And there's no relevant pictures. Um, 
And this is so important no matter what you're doing, right? Look at Facebook. When you update your profile or you have a business page or a group page, when you add a photo, a picture, anything, the algorithm kicks in and Facebook rewards you for that. Most uh, platforms do that now, digital platforms. And by the way, it also shows that you're engaged, that you're relevant. If it's a house, if it is that business page on Facebook, when you see those those timely things, you think, wow, someone really cares. I see what's happening here. This is a living and breathing brand, house, whatever it may be. I love that, that it's a living brand. I think we have to remember that engagement, responsiveness, and availability in the digital space translates into how people are going to perceive your skills in the real world. So it's important to have a presence that goes beyond a picture. Exactly right. What would you say to someone who's really struggling to know, how do I put myself out there? Maybe they feel a little awkward. Maybe they feel kind of new to the technology. Maybe they don't know what's the line, like how much is too much. Um, How do you get their authentic personality out there and yet, you know, kind of help them in discovering what that is? Yeah, sure. Like you you don't want to post the photo of the, the new baby you just had and and being personal in a social sphere is not for you. And by the way, that's so common. It is not an excuse to not have platforms where you can build relationships. And so what you can do is what is the area that you are comfortable with? There's a trainer in Indianapolis who's really great. He's a great personal trainer. He falls in this category of like he doesn't want to share his personal life. He would like to keep that private totally fine. What he posts about is what's happening in training. How do you help student athletes? What are some of the trends? What is he seeing in the community or the neighborhood? So let's say you're an agent and you don't want to talk about, you know, the dinner party you and your wife just threw or that your kid like threw an entire milkshake on the backseat of the car and you're supposed to be you know, going to open houses later that day. Instead, you can talk about the community. Make a list of things that people will care about if they window shop, because we know people do this on Instagram and Facebook, right, by the way, if they're thinking about a property or a person to work with, they're getting a sense of what you're about. That's how I found my real estate agent. When I moved to a new community, I was coming from out of state, and I wanted to see who really displayed, like, who was showing me the neighborhood I wanted to see, who seemed to have the market interest. Like, I'm very into old homes, historic homes. So who really seemed to, like, have a handle on that and was showing that? And it was a guy. He was in his 20s. He was fantastic, and he ended up being one of the best agents I've had. So it's true, absolutely true what you say, is that there are a lot of people out there looking to see who's representing those communities and showing that. And I don't know a lot about him, you know, personally as much, you know, so his brand is more about like, I'm the guy who knows about this community. I am the man who knows, you know, about the dog park next door. I know about, you know, uh, historic homes. I know about the neighborhood. So at the end of the day, you're showcasing what you can provide. Yeah, it is not an excuse anymore to not be present on social, but you can figure out the thing that you do like to talk about and then go out there and and talk about it. So what about salespeople who are trying to up their social media game? The biggest barriers I've encountered are, you know, one, where to begin, and two, the amount of work it's going to take to maintain everything. So what are some of the ways to make that easier on yourself? Yeah. Well, one thing I like to tell people to do is go and find five people on social media that you do like and that are current and relevant. And it looks like they're getting engagement and they're getting people to respond to that. Or it's frankly just a good platform. So I say find people that are that you like what they're doing. 
figure out what it is, use that for inspiration, and then create a long list of things that are authentic to you that you can do. And then what you do is it becomes overwhelming if you think about, oh gosh, every day I have to post, I have a thing, I need a beautiful shot of that house, I need uh, whatever. Carve out a full day where you go out and you create a ton of posts. Um, you get a ton of pictures. And uh, by the way, there's free software out there like Hootsuite and other things where you can schedule posts to go out when you want them to. And by the way, that's how companies work. Like, right. I don't know if you know, I don't know if you realize this, but like the Christmas photos of like, I don't know, the beer brands or whatever, they're shooting all that stuff right now. They don't do it every day. They take out, you know, a couple of days. And I used to be in beauty marketing and this is what we would do. We would say, you, you shoot a whole bunch of stuff, you get a whole bunch of content and then you've got it. You don't have to worry so much and it's less of a burden, but you put on your calendar, it's Friday morning. This is when I, you know, this is when I post. And also think about when people are going to be there for dating apps. Sundays are the most popular day. I don't know if wow. you knew that. I didn't know Sundays, that. listen, and for the single people listening, get on your dating app on a Sunday. And <laughs> that, even if you're not an OK Cupid, I hope you are. We're free. But even if you're not, get on a dating app on a Sunday. Sundays are low pressure. You might have some more free time. You're not dealing with school or kids or whatever you'd be dealing with. Um, also, weekends matter in real estate. Weekends matter for a lot of things. So also post when people are going to be there. Don't do this stuff Monday night at 11 p.m. when no one's going to notice. It would be such a shame to put in all the work and have no one see it. So you make a really great point. It hits home the fact of finding people where they are. You know, what I loved about it, though, is that it really talks about reinforcing habits, knowing when people are going to be there and when they're not. And what we know from people who are most successful in their field is that habits both come from and reinforce mindsets. There is a question that we ask everyone who comes on the podcast. How do you define relentless? I define relentless as not giving up. You don't take the initial set of circumstances as your best and final answer, whatever it may be. You push through those challenges. You push through those barriers. You push through the no's. You find creative ways to get there. I was in PR for a long time. PR is like sales, except it's harder because there's no exchange of dollars. You're just trying to get editors and reporters and journalists who are so jaded and they're pitched by so many people to talk about your person, your product, your brand. And I couldn't get this reporter to respond to my email. No matter what, she would not respond. And I started following her on social media and I was liking her tweets and I was liking her Instagram and I was sharing. I couldn't get it. I figured out, I'm like, I need to see her in person. And I found an event that she was going to be at and I got myself invited. And when I had that face-to-face, going back to, I had that face-to-face conversation and she said, oh yeah, I really appreciated your support of X, Y, and Z. Okay, I like, I'll, give me your pitch. Let's hear it. And Fantastic. she did the story a week later. So accepting that first tough piece of whatever situation may be in, um, for me, relentless is is moving past that. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Execution is absolutely everything. You don't always have to have it all figured out, but you go out there and you execute. You do the thing. You put yourself ahead. If you allow perfectionism or feeling you're not ready yet to hold you back, you're delaying action that ultimately puts you behind. And so getting out there and getting it done is so incredibly important, even if it's not perfect. So, Melissa, at the end of the day, Thinking back on your own career and your own experiences, what makes a salesperson great? Knowing the target. Know your target, know your target, know your target. You could have the fanciest PowerPoint, the most 
epic home, the rarest car. You could have any of those things. If you don't know who you are trying to sell to or you have a very clear target in mind and you don't take the time to get to know them, you'll never be successful. I love the fact that you're kind of obsessed with the details, and I think it works in your favor. But obsessing over the details shows them immediate value, like immediate value in pairing with you, listening to you, and working with you further. And I think that's something that a lot of people could benefit from, because if we're all getting these spammy telemarketer emails, I think that, you know, we know that there's a lot of people out there who aren't kind of focusing in that direction. I think that's right. And listen, taking the time to get into the details and to understand your target is also flatters their ego. Absolutely. When was the last time someone said, oh, my God, Julie, tell me what is keeping you up at night? What do you love about your job? What do you hate about your job? What do you love about your house? What do you hate about it? What is your commute like? What does your wife complain about? What does your husband complain about? Um, that's like 30% is taking the time. And we call that ego bait. Yes, ego. Oh, I like ego bait. Let's do a book called Ego Bait. So, Melissa... A recurring theme in real estate sales is an anxiety around technology. It moves fast, and it's something we're hearing a lot from our listeners. Here's a question from a Century 21 affiliate based in Georgia, Mike Pruitt. So I've been in this industry now for 31 years. You know what I never bet on? I never bet that the world would keep changing. And it did. And now it's like a race to, not to catch up, just to not get so far behind that it feels hopeless. And I know that when I'm interacting with agents and we start getting into this technology question, there's a real shutdown. Like, I'm already lost. If I hit the power button and things don't like come on and do what they do every day, I don't know what to do. Most of the people in our industry are in their mid to late 50s. Right. That's a huge challenge. How are we going to teach them? Not build the tools. I mean, that's the first step. Now, how are we going to teach people how to use them effectively? Great question, Mike Pruitt. It's not easy, um, but I find that when you are dealing with a situation like this, uh, you know, a generation of folks that did not grow up with Facebook and in this digital era and need to get adjusted to new ways of working, the best way to do that is to carve it up in little steps. It is completely overwhelming to think about changing a group of folks that have done business in a certain way for many years and probably with a lot of success. So the best way to think about this is small attainable goals. Maybe that first goal is using Facebook more as an agent to promote properties, to post properties, to build relationships. My advice on this is set these smaller achievable steps and goals. Figure out, again, going back to the the people that you're working with, the target, how are they going to take that information? I think that, you know, breaking it up into small steps is like a perfect suggestion. And it could even be micro steps, like setting up your profile could be one day. You know, I'm going to figure out how to do this. Do you have a mentor or someone in the office who can help show you how to set these up? If maybe, you know, videos aren't the best way you learn, you want someone to actually show you. That can be a way to kind of connect with people in your office, but also enhance your own skills and, you know, kind of form a good relationship around that if they're willing to do it. Exactly right. Exactly right. 
So it requires a lot of initiative. It is not going to be comfortable. And I think all growth is kind of inherently uncomfortable for everybody. It, it is. And sometimes you have to incentivize. So maybe there are awards for the best Facebook page for a certain region or territory, right? Um, even in OkCupid, we reward people who post to social media the most about oh. what the brand is doing. And it really goes a long way. So there are ways in which you can accelerate that learning through incentives, through mentors, as you just mentioned. Such a great example. Um, if you're an older generation and you feel overwhelmed by by everything and you know you should be listening to podcasts and you know you should have like a Twitter presence and all these things, but you're not there yet, make it an easy, safe way to inform yourself. Melissa, I wanted to thank you so much for being on The Relentless. It was a joy to speak with you. This was so much fun. I thank you so much for having me, and I hope you had as good a time as I did. Hey, listeners. Bouncing back from rejection is not easy. No one knows this better than comedians. In an upcoming episode, we'll talk to a comedian who knows firsthand that you have to have a particular mental toughness to keep putting yourself out there again and again. What specific questions do you have around not giving up after facing rejection? Our email address is century21pod at slate.com or tweet your question with the hashtag century21pod and we may use your question in an upcoming episode. The Relentless is produced by Slate Studios and Century 21 Real Estate. I'm Dr. Julie Gurner. Thanks so much for listening, and please join us next time. Copyright Century 21 Real Estate, LLC. All rights reserved. Century 21 Real Estate, LLC fully supports the principles of the Fair Housing Act and the Equal Opportunity Act. Each office is independently owned and operated. This material may contain suggestions and best practices that you may use at your discretion. The opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individuals featured and not necessarily of Century 21 Real Estate.